Grow the Grind is back with our long-awaited trip to Clemson University. We had this bad boy scheduled over a year ago, but Corona had other plans. We do this podcast for the experience, and this is one I could not pass up by any means. And now, on the tee, with Season 2, Episode 1, the Clemson number ones, Ivy Shepard and Jacob Bridgman. They have already accomplished so much in their first two years at Clemson, and their junior year is off to another record-breaking start. Yeah, these two kids are legendary golfers at Clemson University. I was just, typically what we do, Al, is we print out some stuff just to get a little bit of a background on the athletes that we interview, and it's impossible to get through the, I don't know, 15 pages of historic, record-breaking monumental type Herculean efforts these two golfers have put together since high school and into college. I mean, all ACC type stuff. They're currently ranked second in scoring history at their at their college. They've they've been all ACC, all American. Uh, the number of birdies and eagles they've already compiled over their first two years is through the roof. I mean, they're going to be all across the record books when they leave Clemson. And they're looking to go on and play at a, at a higher level in the end. It was really fun to sit down and talk to them. Yeah, for sure. It was so much fun to talk off with Ivy and Jacob. But what was even more fun was to be around great people. They showed us around the locker room, the players' room, the trophy room, which I really enjoyed. And I it was an incredible experience. And I think you learned a lot from them. Uh, we walked out after spending some time with Ivy and Jacob, and the first thing he said is, I think I need to practice. Absolutely. Let's get on the course. So we, uh, what a weekend. We went over, caught a baseball game, checked out all the Dabo's special spots, ate at SO. We got in a gift shop and crushed it. Uh, Experience was great. I loved it. I'll remember it forever, and I'm excited to share this with everyone. What do you think, Al? What do I think? I think I picked up a new way of talking. I hope y'all enjoy Season 2, Episode 1 of Grow the Grind. So last year, around the same time, we had planned to do a podcast with Ivy and Jacob at Clemson. Well, we all know how that went. There was a pandemic and the whole world got shut down, which was a big upset to me because Clemson is my dream college. For the past five to six years, when someone asks me what my goals are, I have said, I want to play golf at Clemson University. And I get it. I am 12, and I know dreams can change. But here we are today with not one, but two of the greatest Clemson golfers in school history. Yeah, this is a pretty good spot we're hanging out in, too. Indoors here, the Pinley Golf Facility, the clubhouse is the real deal. We're sitting around the the Clemson pictures and the history, and we're with two of the greats. Thanks so much for joining us here, guys. Jacob, Ivy. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Okay, so Ivy and Jacob, you both have already accomplished so much in your golf career, and we are going to talk about all that. But first, I want to ask, what are some of your first, like, first golf memories? This is hard to do because, oh, like, wow. I ask kids this all the time. Like, <laughs> Allie, we'll be, we'll be walking around the course, and... Somebody's like, wow, you got a great swing, kid. Like, when did you start playing? And she'll freeze immediately. <laughs> she'll be like, and look at me. I'm like, Ellie, you can't answer when, when you started playing golf. So I know it might be difficult for you to go back in your head here, but Ivy, can you think about like how it started for you? Yeah, actually, I had to have been like eight or nine years old and I was homeschooled at the time. So our home course had a like a homeschool golf clinic thing. And I was the only kid that showed up. And the, uh, the people who were teaching didn't show up for a while. So finally, like my mom had like called the pro shop. She's like, okay, where is everybody? So they're like, oh my gosh, there was only one person signed up. So we just assumed they weren't going to come. So they ended up coming. So I just had like a one-on-one for like a week straight with a couple of the head pros out there. And it was pretty fun. And how old were you at the time? Eight or nine, I think eight maybe. And then they're like, oh, she has like a really good swing. Like, I think you should, uh, but you had to have been swinging a golf club before that, right? No. That was like first time. So you picked up your first club eight years old. Mm-hmm. Eight years old. That's legendary, Jacob. Um, I think my dad took me out to the course when I was five for my first time and started playing then. And I didn't really leave our home course till I was seven. And when I was seven, 
I started playing tournaments. There was these like Monday tournaments with the South Carolina Junior Golf Association, and there was an eight to nine division. And my dad called him and was like, "Can my son play? He's only seven. And they're like, "I don't know." And he's like, "I promise he can play. It's fine." Yeah. So I played, and that that summer I won my first golf tournament. I remember I was wearing like a green Pinehurst shirt. That's I don't really remember anything about the round. I just remember like the picture of me holding my first trophy in our front yard. That's, so, I was say, that's actually what's crazy about that is I hear that and I'm like, these guys are late to the game. I mean, people are people are starting it too. You know, like people mm-hmm. are swinging it too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I, I don't really care. I'm just saying like for <laughs> yeah. you to say eight years old that you had really never swung a golf club is kind of uh, amazing to me. I mean, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm wrong about that, Al. You started at two, by the way. For the record, you swung at two, but you didn't really start like – really practicing until you were four. So the next time somebody asks you that, try to answer it correctly. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyways, yeah. So let's go ahead and go into uh, dreams. Like Allie mentioned her dream. And I don't know if it's in, like an embedded dream. She liked orange and purple, I think. <laughs> I don't know if it's like the combination yeah. of the colors or what. And maybe we had just had a trip to like the, like Isle of Palms and the Carolina area is awesome. Yeah. And so and maybe football was on one day. I was like, this school is pretty good. Uh, so she did get this dream that Clemson was like the thing for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you guys dream about? Because you're, you're now at an age where you're, having, you're developing new dreams. I mean, you're doing this and you're starting to think about what do I want and all that. But before that, what were you dreaming about when you were younger, eight years old, seven years old, playing those junior tournaments? Yeah, I mean, probably when I first started golfing, like I, I didn't even really kind of want to do it forever. It was kind of just something I was going to do for fun, like, I was a big basketball kid. Like, I, as weird as it was when I was a little kid, I was like, I want to be the first girl to play in the NBA. Didn't happen. I'm here playing golf, probably right. for the better. Yeah. So, but like, after that, I was like, I mean, when I f- fell in love with golf, like, after just going, like, a couple times, playing tournaments, winning, it was just really fun. I was like, I really want to do this for a living. I want to play on tour. I want to win a bunch and that sort of thing. Yeah. Just kind of typical, I think, what a lot of little girls want to do. Yeah, Jake. I uh, I grew up playing a lot of sports. Like I was, I was really big into baseball, and that was kind of my dream for a while. I was playing, playing professional baseball, playing college baseball, and all that. And I played baseball from like age four to I think eleven or so, and I was pretty good. Um, but during that time, my dad got me into golf, and I also fell in love with golf. So I was like, I had two sports that I really liked a lot, and I was good at both of them, and I didn't really know what to do and um it came to a point like my last couple years of baseball that my swing was getting lower mm-hmm. and my golf swing was affecting my baseball swing and vice versa i hear people talk about that all the time <laughs> yeah like baseball guys will say i'm not gonna let my kid play golf because it'll screw up his it, swing. it really does and so like i i i couldn't really hit a high fastball i couldn't get up to it <laughs> so um, my dad was like, you know, you're probably going to have to choose one of these two. You're not. This At what age do you think he said that? I think 10, maybe 10 or 11. And yeah. he, he's like, you're not, you're probably not going to be able to do, but it's not one you can play like baseball and football. Like you can't do both of these sports. Um, so he's like, you know, if you want to continue doing them both, that's fine. But if you want to really be good at one of them, then let's go on that path and we're going to, we're going to go with it. Now so, I'm a dad. So I kind of know how dads think. <laughs> Did he just, did he steer you there? Would he, was he pushing you towards the golf because he saw a natural gift in you? Because, look, scoring average-wise, you're as good as they get here that's ever been here. You know, uh, you, you're, you're one of those guys that goes out and, you know, when you shoot two or three under, you're like, uh, oh, I, was, I was okay today, right? Did he know? I mean, did he see on the baseball field you made a ton of errors at second base? No. <laughs> I mean, I played short. And I was really good. And... Like that was that was my like the most fun of baseball to me was playing defense and I was really good at it. Yeah. Um, but he kind of helped me realize. Um, I would say. That ten or eleven year old that I was playing baseball on the weekends in the tournaments or like in the in the games and tournaments, and during the week if I wasn't at the at the games I was practicing golf or playing golf and he's like all right you're spending, you know two thirds of your week playing golf. And you're just playing baseball when you're competing. So and it was like, I understand that you like competing, which I've always been a big competitor. So like, he was like, all right, you're competing, but what you really want to do is golf. And it's obvious. And I was like, yeah, I realized that. So from that point, I went all golf. This is a question that's debated a lot. 
and um, I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought about it. How much time did you put into golf, or how much time do you think you should be putting into golf at a young age? It's a good question. It's not easy because, <laughs> and I'll give you a second, because there's a lot of people that grind their kids to the point of burnout. I mean, quickly. Yeah, right. Really quickly. And it just becomes a chore, and you can see it in their face. I mean, I can see it in the face of kids when they're indoors in the winter in, in our area in Chicago. So what's that? I mean, you're giving us a little bit of affirmation here in that, like, I started a little bit later. I was a multi-sport kid. I was, you know, doing whatever I felt like was best for me at that time. So, you know, looking back on your career and how you got to where you are, I think it's, it's great to take advice from players like you that are at the level you're at. What's the recipe? I mean, myself personally, I played basketball like through high school, like through my senior year until I graduated. So I just stopped playing basketball a couple of years ago. And uh, I had to have people convince my dad to like let me play through high school because at that point he's like, you know, you don't want to get injured and you don't want to ruin like what you have going on because you're a talented golfer and you're working so hard at it. You don't want to screw anything up. But I think at the same time, like it's very, I think it's okay to specialize in a sport, but I think the way the sports world's going with kids is it's like they're specializing so early that they just, the burnout is way more common than it used to be. Like kids aren't having as much fun with it. It's like, I mean, like you're going to golf from day one or you're going to play baseball from day one and they're going to run your arm to the death, like pitching or something like that. So, so I found you're, it you're, beneficial. At some point in your life here, Ivy, you're going to, you're going to say, I want my kid to play golf. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think you will. I think I will. Yeah. Because even if, even if they're not like D1 high level type golfers, yeah. you're going to say, I want, look, you're going to mm-hmm. play golf. This is what, what we, this is what we do. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, we're going to go play. So you got to get them ready to play. They're not going to embarrass you on the first tee. All right. Right. <laughs> what are, when are you going to start that? I and mean, how many hours are they going to go? Cause they're not going to go out there by the trick. Hey, they're not practicing by themselves. Okay. <laughs> they're just not going to do it. I mean, there's every, every once in a while, there's one out of a hundred kids. That's a freak. Mm-hmm. More often than not, it's a boy. Cause boys are just dumb. True. Right. Mm-hmm. And you acknowledge that they're dumb. He said, mm-hmm, real no, quick. Just... <laughs> oh, yeah. But they are, I mean, they, sometimes it's just kind of their sport mode. That's their mentality. So if you have to kind of push them and convince them that this is the way that they should go, at what age and how long? I mean, I think my, my, my parents did it the right way, whereas it's like if you want to be really good, like you're going to focus on it and like you're going to go out there every day you can. And if you just really don't want to and you're burnt out, then just go play basketball or have fun or something like that. But if you really, really want to be good and – achieve your dreams or your goals that you have set for yourself like you need to go and do it and that's kind of how, how they went about it but they also gave me like freedom so to what play did that like look like softball or i played softball a lot i played soccer i played i played everything growing up i was on swim team but you're in warm weather year-round right exactly so, so it's you could different. play golf every single day correct so it's easy it's, it was easier for me in that so sense like i'm four days a week five days a week i'm talking eight to 14 eight, eight, eight to, to 14, 14. When I was 14, I was probably out there every day, but like eight, I mean, maybe four or five times a week. Okay. Like I would just go out there like four an hour. Mm, depends. I was out there a long time when I was younger because of at my home course, my first uh, swing coach, Dave Schreier, he's a college coach at Huntington College right now. Um, he had this little thing where you have juniors. So there's like three or four of us and we would all go out there and just stay there on the range and practice and we'd go play nine holes and go putt or whatever. So there was like a group of three or four of us and it was me and then a bunch of guys. And so, I mean, I was out there a long time. So my parents would drop me off and then they would come back and pick me up when it got dark or when I was able to go into the pro shop and get on the phone and ask them to come get me. So there was a time where I was out there for a long time, but then there was also times where I was out there for 45 minutes putting and I was like, I'm done. Like I'm ready to go home. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's touchy. It I'm, not done, on the I'm not done with you on this. <laughs> Jacob, but, what about you? Yeah. Um, something I really admire about how my parents raised me was they never really forced me into, into playing golf or playing any sports. Um, but then when they realized that like golf was my calling, then they were all in on that. But my dad always like reassured to me that, you know, even though you're giving up back, like baseball, basketball, all these like soccer, um, that's not like you're giving them up forever. You can still play them for leisure. You know, like I grew up in, in high school. All my friends were on either the baseball or football team. And I wanted to play baseball and football so bad. And 
I would go out and practice with them sometimes after school. Um, and that kind of got my fix of wanting to do those sports, but realizing that I, you know, I, I can't do all three of them, um, and, and still play golf. So like, that's something I really admired about my dad was he, he made it very clear to me that I was going to be good at golf. And if I wanted to be good at golf, like Ivy said, then I'm going to do it myself. Which, um, which happened at what age for you? I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to put my own work in. I'm going to, I'm going to get there on my own account because it's what yeah. I want. It's my goal. It's hard. I know this is hard for you guys because it's to get these hours and the answers. I think a lot of people that listen to this want to hear the specifics because they're so calculated. And I know that's not how life works. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, some of those circumstances you just described about how you played with the guys and that you, you were dropped off at the course. I mean, you went from kind of one extreme to the other on that where you were saying, oh, no, you know, I didn't do much. I played multiple sports. But then in the next breath, you kind of said, well, I was out there four to five days mm-hmm. every day, almost all the time for three hours a day. Which some people look at and say, hey, that's what causes burnout. Mm-hmm. So you're at 10 years old. You've given up baseball now. Mm-hmm. And then what, what, what does the regiment look like? So my mom's a teacher and she I'd get home from school around I don't know when my dad would pick me up at like in elementary school I get down at like two thirty. So I'd get home, my mom would get home at like three forty five. I'd eat I'd eat lunch or whatever and then she'd take me when she got home to the golf course, drop me off, I'd be there by four every day. And in the winter months obviously it gets dark early. So she picked me up at like five thirty six. In the summer she picked me up at seven, seven thirty. Um so I was there from anywhere from two to three and a half hours, um, Monday through Friday at least five days a week. And then me and my dad normally played together on Sundays. So growing up, I was probably a five to six day guy. For how many years? Until I could drive. And then what did it turn into? And and then it was more freedom. Yeah. Cause like it, it, it went into a routine to where every day after school I was going to the off course. So I didn't really have another option. And, and I guess I did, I could say like mom, mom, take me to this guy's house or whatever, but it was, it got in routine. And when I could drive, then me and my friends all started driving at the same time. So we had more freedom. We wanted to do more things and branch out and, you know, go hang out. So I probably, um, I probably went down to three days a week during the week and then playing, playing on the weekends. So probably four to five. Yeah, that's great. Allie, do you feel like we force it on you? No, I don't think we force it on me. It's a choice. I agree with Ivy and Jacob. I think that you give me the freedom to choose yeah but i guilt you into playing all the time <laughs> like yesterday you didn't putt well you haven't putted in a long time she picked up a couple golf balls walked to the top you know of the thistle where you can practice mm-hmm. over there and dropped the balls down mess with her routine and i was like that's great but then i left i was like hey, you did that for 10 minutes was that really good enough you know i get in her I head did a little it more bit. than 10 minutes <laughs> that's that's literally how i was as a kid see the the guilt thing is good though because agreed i agree the guilt thing's a good thing my, is it because i feel horrible about it because i'm wondering <laughs> if i'm doing it right like i feel like it is but yeah like my best friend am i ruining up, her are you sure i'm not ruining nah, her? No. she seems all right, right they now. were they their parents were to be the nicest way crazy um and like I remember several times where one of my buddies would, he'd make a bogey and his dad would scream at him to the point of crying. And my dad, like, so when we were little, we would go out and play in the afternoons. My dad and two of my buddies' dads, we, they would all follow us and we would walk and they would, we would all walk in a big group. And my dad would come home every day and be like, did you see what Chuck did to him? And I'm like, yes, that was horrible. He said, son, I'll never do that to you in your life. And I was like, thank goodness. Yeah. And well, should you have, fact, did you say you hit seven hazards this week? Yeah. <laughs> I could. Eight, yeah. And the guy shoots like a 67 still, though. Yeah, kind of good. Yeah, kinda, he's all right. He's kind of all right. He's he all right. But that guy that, that guy that was crying because his dad was yelling, I doesn't play golf anymore. He quit when he was 17. Mm-hmm. So, like. Okay. And, and but I, you just said guilt's good. No, that but that's like guilt. real burnout. So that was, what's that what's was guilt? Anger what, and, how does that, how did you both like immediately agreed it, it, that? Yeah. Oh. It fires something inside of you that she knows like she put it bad and by you guilting her into it, mm-hmm. it makes her want to practice more. When you're screaming at someone, yelling at them doesn't work. Never works. There's a way to approach it for oh, sure. Oh yeah. Like yeah. it's the, it's like the you suck and like, how could you do that? Like, were you trying, like, 
It's like obviously I wasn't trying to hit it in seven hazards this week yeah. or eight <laughs> hazards. Like obviously. Right. But it's the like, hey, um, drivers weren't so good. Like might want to work that oh, yeah, out. You feel, yeah, you feel you feel like, okay about playing tomorrow with the way that, that the, went today? Exactly like that. And it's something where it's like in your head, you're like like you want it so bad and you know it, and then it, it takes like your dad when you're younger at least to kind of just like give you a little shove. And if which, you have the if you have the inner fight into you to want to be exactly. really good, all you need is that little shove. And it's gonna but light if you. that little shove doesn't really do anything to you, then you know. Yeah, maybe it's not there. It's not there. That's the yeah. it. I mean, is it there or not? Yeah. You're doing can't, the wrong you thing. can't create that. I think a lot of people do try to create that. Mm-hmm. And there could be a way, like subconsciously, to manipulate the kid's mind in a way that it does create that fire inside of them. Not, maybe, yeah. Not that I want her to go practice for spite. That's not. What, that's <laughs> not my goal. Like I don't want her just to go out there for that reason. But. Um, I think there's a tactic and there's a way about going about having the kid feel like they're making that decision for themselves, even though really I planted the seed and I'm messing with their head. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, if you're getting nodding your head saying that's what happened to me, I would, I would love to know more <laughs> yeah. about that. Cause I do think there's, there's something to, you know, from a learning perspective for a lot of adults that, you know, responding to the negative play and, and the horrible shot making and all of that with, you know, that wasn't very good, but. Mm-hmm. here's what's next and maybe you know that's probably a better tactic than how many times have you seen a dad go crazy on a kid when they're playing poorly many 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 times <laughs> and probably i'm guilty i'm guilty i know i do it it's hard it's, you don't know this yet because it's not your kid yet but when you're rooting for your kid in such a way and your dad's mm-hmm. just talking to your boy gary right like yeah. he, he does same it. way he does it. he doesn't mean to but he wants you to it's like it's from a parent he loves you so much and he wants you to do so well because he knows the work you're putting in like he knows you're doing it, That's so right. he wants you to like he wants you to do well. It makes sense, but I think kind of like what Jacob said, like if you have that little bit in you, like and you light it, like I think for example, like if you use like IMG kids or a lot of those academy kids, especially for girls, so you have a lot of these foreigners who their kids or their parents just throw them in there, and they're in this crazy strict routine, like they're working out, they're doing school, they're eating, they're practicing, like all on a schedule, and they can get pretty good doing that. Like, there's probably a couple of kids you know that could get pretty darn good being pushed to the max. But if you don't have that in you, it's like when you get to college is when you really start seeing the kids who really want it, I think. Because you're not, you're like, you're no longer in that sort of routine. Like, you have practices. Like, I know Penley's a lot more lenient on y'all. Like, mm-hmm. your practices are a lot more easygoing. But, like, you have your practice for the week, and then if you really want to be good, you're going to go out and do more. Or you're going to go play. And you're going to figure stuff out. I think that's kind of what. Something I uh, kind of noticed or kind of, I guess, became aware of was um, a name you might know, Trent Phillips. He was like my best friend growing up. We live a mile from each other. And we would talk to other people because um, everybody was interested. Like what they would say it was in the water in Inman or whatever, because that's where we live. And no one else really lives there. And they're like, what's going on with you guys? Because you guys are playing really well. And we kind of talk to people about they're like oh how often do you practice how often do you play and we're like you know we never really practice we would go and hit 10 balls before we play and then me and him would play 18 holes 27 holes a day and just play play matches and do stupid stuff and then we'd play nine holes go to the pool come back play nine more holes go play tennis come back play nine more holes like do random stuff at what age did that happen though that was high school right when we could, when we could do stuff on our own, and see that's that's the thing. I, I actually have no interest in in thinking about that because that's that's past me. You know, yeah. that's past me as a where I can make that impact. I mm-hmm. hope that she finds mm-hmm. two buddies that she can go play golf with all the time because I know I did that and I was no good. Yeah, you know, I'm shooting 84, so <laughs> like I'm not good, and I did that because it was fun because it's golf because golf gets really fun at that age, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, so yeah. then then you're sure. then you're just playing to play. Um, but it's more about the other stuff that you mentioned. But I think you guys nailed that. I think it's I think it's great perspective, and I, it certainly, I think it actually relates to this question that we're going to move into. And you both mentioned it at one point, um, and I think there's a correlation with people that make this decision to do this for their kids and also burn their kids out. That's just what I think. So, so Ivy, you mentioned it, and I was thinking about it. How you said that you were homeschooled. So this question is: Do you think it's better, or does it burn you out? To be homeschooled. Because a lot of people use that as a tool. Like, it's oh. a bad excuse, I think. If I'm being completely honest, homeschooling was not the move. 
Like, it was great for what I was doing. Like, my parents just didn't want to put me in public school for whatever odd reason. So. Not necessarily for golf reasons. No, it wasn't for I golf gathered. reasons. Yeah. It you wasn't were, for it golf It was more reasons. for personal perspective reasons. Exactly. And, and some family things mm-hmm. that you guys believe in, really. For sure. But you're right. The homeschooling thing is now moving into, like, I had a teammate right now on this team who was homeschooled her last couple years of high school and did nothing. Like, it was just, it's just an excuse just to make your kid go out there even longer. So, um, what age were you when you were homeschooled? I was homeschooled until eighth grade. Wow. So, I was a long time. But I did play a lot of sports, which was good to get away from it. But I think, because Jacob went to school, like public school, I think that's a good thing just to, it's like a release after a while. Because at some point, it's just, you're like beating a dead horse. Like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And the homeschooling is just an excuse for your parents often when you have a lot of golf parents just to make them go even more and just, and all honesty, just burn them out. Right. Cause I got to a part of almost burnout. Public school for me was uh, really awesome. I loved it. Um, I think to be successful, you have to kind of have your, your one focus and then a release. And my release was all my friends at school. Um, and I had all, had all my golf friends, obviously, that I spent a lot of time with. And then I had my friends at school. And that was kind of like a, a break from golf because I've always been one that gets burnt out pretty quick. Um, it's like during the summer, when I get done with tournaments, I, I'm done. Like I want a month off. Um, but my, my public school friends were, were awesome. And then I made some connections that, like my golf friends, yeah, if they go play golf at another school, we don't really we talk some but we don't really talk as much as my public school friends will and some of them are here some of them are at south carolina some of them are at charleston like wofford really close schools and we have those same connections and that kind of the best way to put it is it gave me a release from golf yeah connecting at the mm-hmm. homeschooling because like i guess that ali's saying is is it do you think it's a mistake no not at all the homeschool aspect I don't, does I it mean, work? I guess better. Does it work? Have you seen it work for for players at your level that they were homeschooled their entire life? They focused on golf. They used it as kind of an out to get to the course more. And are you seeing a lot of kids competing at the collegiate level that are very successful because they were homeschooled and they took that path rather than doing what you did? Yeah. And Ivy, technically, you really kind of, you went to school too. I mean, to be honest. yeah, I did like, my my. Because those years, those formative years, those four mm-hmm. years of high school where you really those can take really those important. next steps forward mm-hmm. as a golfer, you know, For you sure. were able to develop that in school. You were able to develop mm-hmm. that in a public school. So I guess the question is circling back to, like, are you seeing a lot of people that you think were homeschooled throughout their entire life? And that's kind of why they are where they are in golf. I think I don't really know a lot of them. Um, the one that sticks out in my head is like one of my good friends, Harrison Corbin, that plays in South Carolina. He was homeschooled until ninth grade. And same as Ivy, and he got his public school in 10th, 11th, 12th grade. And I think that that really developed his character um, and developed him mentally, which I think being homeschooled can kind of kind of take the kids and, and lose their time of development in high school. That's really important. And meeting new friends and, I guess, standing up to – challenges um and homeschool you're kind of just doing one thing you're playing golf and that's your one focus and i that's what i've kind of noticed like the personalities are a lot different from public school people to private school yeah because we got that uh that e-learning stuff going on <laughs> your your classes are ridiculous right now even here They're i mean crazy. i don't think we're going to get into much covid talk because nobody wants to listen to it and, and i know this experience of college now and schooling is very different than what you guys thought you were going to get when you came into it but we have noticed that there's just so much more time now and these kids are done at 12 and when it gets nice out they're going to be able to go out and practice and it's kind of uh it is it does like spark something in you like well are we maximizing our time but i think a lot of what we've already talked about we can just move forward from because there's so many other great things to talk about with you two you know there's there's more than one way to get it done you know there's a lot of different ways and as long as that you're not you're not crushing your kid and pushing them into the ground and you know you're really positive i think that's probably the most important thing Okay, so let's talk tournaments. I need you guys to make a quick timeline in your head from junior, high, high school of some of your favorite tournaments that you have played. Yeah, it's tough. Mm. I mean, Allie, you? Honestly, it's Worlds. I love coming to Pinehurst, playing in Worlds. That's just, I love that tournament. And I also like Holiday Classic. 
such a fun tournament. Those are like one of my, the regionals and stuff like that. I think talking about like U.S. kids, like Pioneers was it. Like that was so fun. I got to see all my friends from like a, like around the world that you'd met the year before and you get to go see him again. And so that was really fun. And then I love the Jekyll Island one. I don't know if they still do that. Yeah, they just have it. Yeah, actually that's That one is so fun. That was like my favorite one. I did that one too. I really enjoyed that one because I was there with my friend and we stayed after and mm-hmm. we just yeah, sort of on the beach. And then probably getting into like high school, uh, the AJGA down at uh, West Palm, PJ National, Used to be called the Polo. Now it's the Rolex TOC. That one was always fun because that was just literally all my friends in one big group and we just go hang out. So that was a good time. I didn't. I didn't really play many tournaments like big ones. Like I never played Pinehurst. Really? Like the I never did World Championship or any of that. A lot you of my friends her? did. Yeah, I never did that. You gotta kick them out. And <laughs> get them out. My my favorite ones were like um, one I always liked was a blade. It was called the Blade Junior Golf Classic at Thornblade in South Carolina Junior Golf Tournament. I played that one since I was 10. I played it seven, eight years. Um, yeah. That one was a lot of fun. There was one called the Grant Bennett in Florence, South Carolina. That was a lot of fun. And then I didn't really branch out that much until my junior year of high school, and I went and played three AG, AJGAs. I played my first one was the Haas Family Invitational at Sedgefield. That was a lot of fun, and that was kind of like I started meeting like the – the junior golfers from around the world. And then I went to the polo in New Jersey and met a lot of more people. And then my third one was the Sawgrass, the junior players. And then after those three, I got to play in the junior presence cup. And that was the best tournament of my life. It was so much fun. What was that like? It, it was my first time like competing for America. And it was really weird, honestly. Yeah. Like, we, I remember walking up the last hole of the second round. I was playing with Akshay Batia, and we were playing alternate shot, and there was 150 people around the green. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> and there was, like, 50 people in red on the left, and we were tied. Or we were one up going to the last hole, and I hit it to, like, I don't know. I was in the fairway at, like, 105 yards, and Akshay standing beside me, and his kid's, like, 15, and young weighs 110 pounds and he goes play for eight more yards or play for eight less because you're amped up did he really there's no way he's like yes do it and i had a 60 degree over the hole like 10 feet past the hole from 105 up the hill did you say anything to him before you hit that shot like man this is awesome or did he just he could feel like the energy around the green we could we could both feel it because we were playing probably the best team we were playing carl phillips and um what's his name sean something from japan and I hit it like 12 feet. He hit it five feet by, and I had a five-footer win the turn, win the match, and I made, I made it, and then the, everyone went nuts because that was the last match of the day. That's cool. That's cool. That was the most special tournament to me I've ever, ever done. You know, I just thinking about that, and, and we were driving up looking at some Instagram stuff, trying to get like a feel for you guys again and just like revisit a few things. You had posted, I did, a couple old pictures and things like that of like, this U.S. kids stuff where you were playing with young young kids that are now like maybe even 12 years old, you knew each other, and mm-hmm. now they're playing high-level collegiate golf. It's crazy. And you know, thinking back at like when you were that young kid, and, and you mentioned that's where Allie's favorite is, Holiday Classics, right, mm-hmm. at PGA National, too. So we know what that's like hanging around the hotel with your buddies when you're – I yeah. would watch them do it at 8 or 9, and I'm thinking, man, wouldn't it be crazy to see them all playing for different schools? And that's your life right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean – all those kids that you would meet at Worlds every year, only see them once a year, you're now seeing in these events. What's that like? It's it's really cool, honestly, because it's like what you wanted to do when you're that young. Like you, Everyone talked about it, like, we're all going to be able to play on the same team. Well, obviously you're not, but that's what we were talking about, and we're going to go play. I know me and Jacob had very different junior golf careers. Like He didn't really play the AJGAs like I did until his last two years and did really well in them. And then I played them forever, like since I was like, 12 or 13. 12, yeah. Yeah, so I've been playing them forever, so. So did you just bust on the scene? Yeah, pretty Basically, much. Basically, yeah. the dude just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't very good, like, ninth grade, 10th grade. What's not very good? Like, I I remember my slump. I called it my slump. It's like, ninth grade, I was pretty good. I'd shoot, like, I don't know. I'd finish one or two over at every tournament. I'd top 20. Uh, and then my my sophomore year, I'd 
I'd always shoot 75, 69, 74, 68, 74, 70, 79, 67. Like, I would always finish good. And with a, Ellie's with a getting angry. first round. Ellie's getting angry. And then, Tell him, Ellie. And then, like, my junior that, year. That I sounds pretty off. good. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I went, then I went, honestly, I went nuts my junior year. I won, in the summer, I won, like, five out of six tournaments. Um, and then that's when I committed. Or no, I committed the beginning of that stretch, and then. Well, that leads us to our next point. We're talking recruiting next, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you, your recruiting was completely different than Ivy's. I would imagine. Did, were you getting looks your sophomore year? Were you getting yeah, letters? I, yeah, I was. I mean, I was. I was pretty good. I wasn't. I wasn't in the top tier of where I wanted to be. And my coach, that my dad was really good friends with, his name's Tommy Beershank. He played on tour for a couple years. Played on the. I guess it was nationwide at the time for probably fifteen years. And he went to Clemson. His brother went to Clemson. His brother, Nicky, was on the national championship team. So he kind of has been talking to Coach Coach Penley when I was in ninth, 10th grade. Like, you need to watch him. He's got a really good swing. He's going to he's gonna play well eventually. Just watch him, watch him. And then I – my first offer was Clemson. Hmm. Um, and I went and visited North Carolina State. I went and visited South Carolina. Neither one offered when I went. And that was – That was your junior year? No, that was sophomore year during school. Once summer hit, I started winning. I won the orange jacket in Pickens. I won the Jimmy Self. And then I won the Grant Bennett Florence in back-to-back-to-back weeks. And then Coach Bentley called me and offered me. How about you, Ivy? Was it different? Did you get a lot of looks? Uh, I mean, I think girls, girls golf versus boys golf is – pretty like it's drastically different i think when it comes to recruiting like what boys can play versus what kind of what girls can i think there's less high level girls more now there's transitioning to a lot more but yeah going back to my junior golf like i wasn't anything crazy good like my dad always explained is like if there's like the radar where everyone's looking he said you're always that person like right under the radar like for two years straight miss windham cup by a spot uh, miss getting into ping by like one spot. I mean, I'd miss so many things by just like just a little bit, which was it was fine. Like it is what it is. But yeah, the the offers were a little different. Like I got my first letter from Auburn in eighth grade, and like just from then on, it was kind of Auburn sent me something. Was Auburn your first one? Yeah. yeah, first letter. Yeah, yeah, Auburn was the first one. They're they seem to be really early. It was another one of my friends' first one also. Yeah, but um. Yeah, and then Mississippi State was my uh, that was my first offer, and then uh, went to Ole Miss. Loved Ole Miss, loved Oxford, but just kind of visited around a lot. And I think I committed too early because I had committed the summer of my going into my sophomore year. Uh, I committed to Mississippi State as my first offer. Like I had something as a kid, where, like I felt like I owed it to them. And head coach or was head coach Ginger awesome person like just someone you want your daughter to be around type of person and the team was just full of a bunch of christians like it was just a bunch of people like me right. so it was just very comfortable but over those time over that time of like a year and a half of being committed there like it took a lot of prayer for me to like really step back and be like is this where i need to be i finally had a piece about it and i was like all right decommitted and i was decommitted late too like going into my senior year so i was totally ready to just like all right i'm gonna go to like a juco or a small school for a year or two and have to transfer in somewhere like i prepared myself for it and that day i committed a couple hours later i sent out a couple emails one was to clemson uh i'd called the old miss coach and then i think a couple more somewhere and i had received way more emails back than i had even sent out Mm. so people were holding off money i guess but that's kind of how my recruiting went it was a little weird with the decommitment but i mean i ended up here which i think is a great it's spot. working it's if, working if all you're right curious it's going well for both <laughs> of you right now okay so it's march we gotta talk hoops <laughs> i put clemson in the national championships because i couldn't live with myself if i didn't pick them and they made it to the final four <laughs> ivy you set a school record for 10 threes in a game so you play how is your bracket also, how has basketball helped you with your golf career? 
Oh, my bracket was awful this year. <laughs> it got busted so quickly. Who'd you have? Oh, my god! You didn't take U of I and go deep. With no, them, I had Illinois you? winning it all. You did take U of I. That's U of I, by the way. Oh, that's what you said. I thought, For I, us, said, I, don't know. I thought you said UVA. No, yeah. No, mm -mm, they always lose. UVA always loses. Apparently, I had Clemson them getting upset. Too. Clemson does, yeah. Mm -mm. Didn't have, unfortunately, I hate to, hate to admit it, but I had Clemson losing the first round. Yeah. You did too. It it hurts, but it's true. Is that spiteful because you're no. just just golfers, or you're no, that you're I, just that in tune with like what's going on? I like the basketball team. I yeah. like the guys on the team. Yeah, they're cool, but it just wasn't. I just had a feeling. <laughs> it just yeah. wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, yeah she's got like, three out of four. I was texting my dad. I was like, I don't know. I think I'm gonna put Clemson in it, and he's like. You got to. It's your it's your favorite school, and he he's playing with you. He just wanted to beat you no, in the dude, bracket. I'm out. I had Ohio State. I don't know what. <laughs> he, I'm didn't realize, he didn't realize who was playing each other. He thought mm. it was a different team. He didn't think it was Illinois. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So we just had to throw that out there because I know that you're a big basketball family, yeah. and I think we are too. And so we always regret a little bit thinking if if she comes out. February's bad. Oh my God! It's February, but she picks up a golf club and it's Shank City. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same. So way. we were like, maybe we shouldn't play as much basketball anymore. Maybe we should yeah. hit a golf this ball year, once in a while. This year it was like once a week, maybe every other, because we knew that if I took a long break, it that one it'll Shankzilla yeah. comes out. <laughs> yeah. So when I was younger, playing basketball was it was great. Like again, basketball is my first love. Like I was pretty good at it. I was really good when I was younger, kind of didn't really practice that much, but I was still really good. Then I got to high school, I was like, oh, I kind of like really, really want to do well, like just have fun with it, like just see how good I can get with practicing just at practice and then going to golf after, like just figure it out. And I had worked with my, like my basketball coach at a Central Christian, Justin Stevens, is like one of my number one role models. Him and me are still tight to this day, like. If I ever have any issues with anything or just need advice, I will 100% call him first more than anybody. And I think those were, like, it was a great thing for me to play because it helped me, like Jacob was saying, it was a release. Like, for him, it was his friends. Like, for me, it was it was basketball. Mm -hmm. Like, it was around my, my close friends. I could back off and have fun and just work, like, focus on getting good at something that wasn't golf. So it was kind of cool. Um. Just really quick, in high school, did you play golf at all? Because you play basketball too. Did you play golf? Did you have a team? Because uh, <laughs> it was a Christian school, right? Like, Funny, I'm so, wondering the same thing because I wasn't sure. So my graduating class had 20 kids. Right. So we're a small, like super, super small school. Know everybody. Um, they got a golf team my sophomore year because I was there. They're like, hey, let's have a golf team. And it was super small. They're like, we're going to make it co-ed. Like, you're going to go play with the boys. Just go have fun. So my job was to find who's going to be on the team. So I went and got my... Three closest guy friends, uh, Riley, Jared, and then it was Mason, but he decided not to play. And then Nathan, a kid that was younger. So those are my four closest guy friends. Like, we're just going to go play golf and have fun. So that's what we did, and we just went everywhere. And I remember my first, like, our first match, and I was allowed to play from the ladies' seats, which was crazy. So yeah. I went out and shot 29, and think about it, just freaking redneck schools. Like, they know <laughs> nothing about golf. Like, these people are shooting 70 from, like, I mean – 20, 2,400 yards. 2,800 yeah. yards. These guys, I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I get, I shoot 29 the first one. 70. And I get in, and there's just Bubba, that's the head coach at the other team. He's like, I have to get around. I was like, <laughs> like, no one knew how good 29 was. And then the next, like, the next match, whatever, I shot like 32. And they're like, why didn't you shoot 29 again? My own teammate, like, my own friends are like, why didn't you shoot 29? I'm like, I don't know. It just didn't happen today. But it was funny. It was a good time. Like, golf for me in high school was like, we did nothing except just go out to eat and then just go play golf and whack the ball around, and it was fun. Team so. golf's awesome. It's so great. Uh, I watched your girl, Savannah. Um, you guys seen Space Jam, right? The, the one that matters yeah. with Michael Jordan. Not the good this, one. Not this one that's coming out soon. <laughs> the good one. Don't get kicked out of here again, Jacob, and say you like LeBron. But, like, there's a scene. Obviously, Mike's got maybe, like, 145 in. He's got Larry Bird in his group, right? And, and he hits, like, this good-looking ball, but it hits the backside of the green. And Bugs Bunny puts this magnet underneath the ball, and he just <laughs> works it to the cup. That's what happened in the tournament the other day. It seemed like no that, joke. Right? Like there's exactly a Looney Tunes ball. She, yeah. she had a Looney Tunes <laughs> hole in one. She did. And Honestly. and I we watched 
the whole one was great. To be fair, I'm not sure I saw he, it he because I was talking to your dad about crypto. You know, of we're course. trying to talk about Bitcoin. So, yeah. um, but Allie saw it and she told me she verified this. Uh, what I did see was you guys hugging your teammate, mm-hmm. and I did see the celebration and like the genuine excitement for the moment that was just shared. Like it was wonderful. Um, and I saw you guys as a team. I saw you guys. I mean, Pancake Berry's like a a 40 footer for birdie. And then you follow up with a birdie. And then I think Alex made a birdie right after that. Yeah. And it was like, okay, that's how you play. Like they, they I mean, and I think I, who else was in the group? Uh, at the, and that's the, at the time, uh, Savannah didn't make birdie there and she had just, you know, shot like 67 in, in the round oh, yeah. before. So she, everybody's yeah. going. It was like one of those moments you could feel the energy. Everybody's like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be the turning point. And I thought so too. Um, that round needed to keep going. It did. It looked like we were all. Like, it was so good, yeah. and 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 so team golf, mm-hmm. individual sport, but team golf. This is probably the greatest time you'll ever have playing golf because you have these guys with you or these girls with you, mm-hmm. right? Can you speak to what that's like? The dynamic of Clemson golf specifically. I think our team recently, the girls have gotten a lot closer than in previous years because I knew. Like coming in, they weren't close. There's a lot of there's a lot of like little drama going on with the first head coach the head coach getting fired, and just the girls just not but you getting along. You guys are so good now. But, but now isn't that it's why just, though? It's crazy. Like You're, how much better are you now than you were then? Like as a team? Yeah. Oh, a hundred so, times. So better. that's the that's the key. It's crazy. Success and good golf oh, makes 100%. teams come together. And you know a lot about that. Your men's program just won again yesterday. You had two wins already this year. You're you're one way away from coach setting the NCAA record for all time wins, which you are gonna work your butt off to make sure it happens, right? Yeah. Um what's it like? Team golf is something that I I played in high school and it was kind of like a one man show, honestly. So it wasn't really that much fun for me. I didn't really have anyone else that I could compete with and that could help us win like titles or whatever. Um so team golf at Clemson was something I couldn't have prepared for. And it's been the best experience of my life. There's nothing like when you look back and you see a guy wearing the same shirt as you hit it to three feet, and it's just like you have the most excitement in your head for him. And yeah, it's, right, it's Ryder Cup golf every day for you. So high, so high. I'm sorry, but Ryder Cup golf. Say Turk's out there, and he's you know he's beat me by three or four, and he hits it to a foot. Never in a million years would one of us think, ah, he's it's going like one more too. ahead of me. You sure. know. Yeah, it's like our team is one better, and it's it's an unbelievable feeling that you cannot really prepare for. You'll never really understand until you feel it. Yeah, yeah I saw it's cool. it. I saw it. You know, Ali, you saw them. Yes, um, I even saw you frantically looking for a golf ball for a teammate because you cared so much. You know. Oh yeah, looking. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, but the, seriously, like she was playing great, and then like she hits it over in the woods. We're all freaking. We're like, we're gonna find this golf ball. Like. It was. It was a mad dash. It was a. It, there was a bunch of people in the woods at uh, eight at the reserve over mm-hmm. there to the right. You know, you can take it over that cart path. Yeah. yeah she hit it a little right, but and, but I could see just in Ivy's eyes, like she's like, I gotta find this ball for her. Because it wasn't <laughs> all even all the way back there. All yeah, we went a little too high. <laughs> a little too far. <laughs> Speaking of criminal acts, because that was almost one. It you was guys one. have to understand, like right now, you might be in jeopardy because. Uh, you're associating with two potential felons. <laughs> like, like legitimately, there could be a wanted poster up for us and at any moment the Clemson University Police no, Department. I wouldn't say a wanted sign, but we did sneak into Death Valley. Oh, nice. Because the, the door was open. It was open. Side door. I thought they left was it Was it the us. big gates? It was a door. It's like when you go to Wizard of Oz and you knock on that thing. Like It's mm-hmm. a little tiny door in the side of the building. Uh, we ran across the 50. We ran across the field. I didn't. She went on the field. <laughs> okay. Well, we uh, went up to Howard's Rock, and <clears throat> me and this guy over here were leaning on the rock, you know, taking a picture, and we may or may not have set off the silent alarms. Could have happened. I don't know. We're not admitting it at this point. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, um, don't admit it. We had uh, some nice people come over. Very nice, staff, actually. They very. Said, I said, do you guys not want us here? And they laughed. They were awesome. They were like, you know what? You probably shouldn't be. Uh, maybe go out this door before the police come. Yeah, and I'm like, my mom's like, are the police actually going to come? 
And we didn't have like a Georgia pickaxe and like, we weren't like knocking <laughs> yeah, we were, anything crazy no. like that. But so we ended up going in and taking a look around and it but was so sweet. cool because obviously Clemson football is such a big deal. And, mm-hmm. um, we didn't, it was, it was a good moment for us. What's it like for you guys being a part of uh, an athletic program that has such like a crown jewel in the nation? You know, the excellence that they push you probably to achieve at, at the level that you hope to be at. You know, I think there's something that transcends throughout the entire athletic department because you have such a uh, such a strong force within it. So, Jacob, what's that like for you having that uh, in the background of everything you do? Yeah, it's the same thing as like I talked about when you get like really excited about your teammate doing something. It's the same thing with all the other teams. Like uh, we're close. My team's really close with the baseball team. I know a lot of those guys and we get three or four texts from, from different baseball guys saying congrats on the win right after we happen. And it's like, how are you, you know, all the teams keep track of what others are doing. And the excellence that Clemson has here with all the teams is extraordinary. Like, our football team is obviously unbelievable. Our basketball team is coming up on the scene. Our baseball team has been good in the prior years. Our softball team is ridiculous right now. They're both crazy. Our, both our soccer teams were ranked one last year at some point. Hmm. And then we're – I think we're at 14. We just won, so we're going to move up. I don't know what you guys are at. We're at 30, so They're, I don't know. They had a good week last week. So, like, literally all our teams are being good. So, And all the athletes are – everyone always talks about the family atmosphere, and that's, like – really true they everyone's excited for everyone when they have success it's true yeah that's cool yeah i mean you're going to be excited to watch your guy get drafted number one here soon yeah um i always said the two hardest things in sports are hitting a baseball and hitting a golf ball you know at one point i was running this in this twitter account i put a tweet out about uh if lebron's the best athlete in the world why can i strike him out in three pitches and it got retweeted like five thousand times in like 30 minutes i'm not kidding you so people are like yeah baseball's hard and i'm like yeah golf's hard too so two questions trevor what does he do with his hair if he plays golf with you, right? <laughs> and what does he shoot? Do you guys have any idea? I mean, do you, what does he look like when – because I know what you might look like if you got on the football field against Alabama National Championship. Mm-hmm. It might be a little difficult for you. It might look even worse for Trevor if he's out there with you two. Yeah, one of my, my best friends uh, played quarterback at Newberry, and he actually transferred into Clemson, so me and him have been hanging all the time. He's actually going to try out for the football team. So I've been throwing to him. And I realized, like, I really suck. You know, like, I, I thought I could throw a football pretty well, and I can. Like, I can, I can, you put me a target, I'm going to hit it. But you get somebody moving with the defender, it's off. Like, I'm, yeah, no I'm way off. No but chance. Trevor, um, he plays a lot of golf with a guy from my hometown, Will Brown. And he's, I've heard that he's decent. He's like your average golfer. You know, he's going to, he's going to shoot, I don't know, 85 to 95. But, so he could play. Yeah. Yeah. He's an athlete. I mean, yeah. but exactly. I didn't know he wears a bucket hat and his hair goes everywhere. <laughs> I bet he does. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, being a student athlete here has to be demanding, maybe more demanding your freshman year before all this stuff was going on. What's your regiment like throughout the course of a, of a season, in season and off season between your scheduling of your, your studying and your classes and then the work that's demanded of you as a, as a golfer here at Clemson? Yeah, you're kind of kind of going from for us 6 a.m like we had 6 a.m workouts this morning until i mean we'll probably get done with practice at 5 5 30 tonight so you're kind of going between those hours often you're you know you got your schoolwork to do then gotta eat lunch at some point and then practice on your own and then come to this practice and then the next day you'll get to sleep in a little more then you get to go play so it's like you're always on the go but it's when you really, really, truly enjoy it or love it, it doesn't really feel like a whole lot, if that makes any sense. No, it's uh, yeah, you love it. And you only have one chance at it, too. So yeah. if you're busy and you're tired, so what? Yeah. Same. I, wasn't, I wasn't really ready for college, um, like school-wise. Mm. I, I thought I was because in high school I was three in my class, and I was I never really studied. So I always excelled, and I was like didn't really have a problem. And then I got to Clemson, and I started in mathematical sciences as a major. <laughs> And three weeks in, I'm leaving for a tournament, and I made all my tournaments, and I missed so much class. And then and your major changed to business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm either going to be good at golf or good at school, and I'm not going to do both in mathematics. So I switched, and it's been a lot better. But having waking up every morning at 8:30, having class till 12:15, going straight to practice getting back from practice doing my math work going to bed 
kind of sucked, honestly. And then when I'd leave for tournaments, I'd miss four days at a time. And missing four days of Calc 3 was not any good. Yeah, I wonder if that changes for you student-athletes now that we are able to kind of learn the way that we learn. If there's going to be some adaption for all the athletes when you are traveling that you can actually attend class from a bus while you're riding along or, or in a hotel now. Um, it's possible that we might see some of that. Do you think that might be a, a real likelihood, or is that not even something you've there's, thought about? There's definitely like less freedom for us to just skip things. Because um, when we have that letter from our athletic advisor, we can just be like, oh, we're out of tournament. We don't have to do it. But when everything's online, there's not really any excuse because you're not missing any in-person class. You what can do mess. everything virtually. That's terrible for you guys. It's sorry. awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does suck. There's yeah. no break. There's no yeah. break. Like in between yeah. rounds in a tournament, like I took a, like a, hour and a half long kinesiology test. I'm yeah. like, this is brutal. Like I just want to oh. go play pool. Like, yeah, sure. After our, those are the best. That's the best moments in between yeah. those events is hanging out. Mm-hmm. We were at West Palm, and I after my thirty six whole day, I had to take a test, and I was just <laughs> exhausted. I started at ten o'clock, my test. Cause we got back from eating at nine thirty, and I was done at eleven thirty, and then I had to wake up the next morning at five. I was just exhausted. Yeah, That's how mine just was this week. It's different yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah, we didn't we didn't end up eating till like the food didn't get there till nine because we had played twenty seven golf carts. Ridiculous, least. yeah. And then you get back and you're like trying to take this test and you're done with eleven thirty and you're like, oh my god. And it's worth it. All that's worth it. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Wouldn't trade a bit of it, right? Not a thing. Because you know, at some point you're going to look back and say, "Man, that was all really easy. What was I thinking?" Because <laughs> now I have a real job. Are you really going to have real jobs? Hope not. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Hope not. Why? What's the plan? <laughs> go play golf, play another year, and then head on out to the yeah. Room. How's that going to go? Well, I mean, to, like, how are you going to do that? I guess it depends on how much more success I have. Well, you're, um, let's assume you're going to be very successful and you're going to continue to win everything you plan. <laughs> As long as we don't lose seven balls, right? But yeah. If, let's just assume moving forward here, we're just going to win. Yeah. Then, um, best case scenario, there's the PJ Tour University. You probably heard of that. After my fourth year, I'm number one on that, and I get my seven starts on PJ Tour, sign with an agency, get an endorsement deal. Allie's repping players now. Money. If you're interested, Allie's yeah. ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> just let yeah. us know. Make enough money, get your card. Then you're set. So you're doing that. Uh, don't have the PJ University thing, but um, kind of the plan is to hopefully just keep getting better and he co- keep getting to the point where I can compete at the highest level. And for me, I'm, I'm going to go to Q School this uh, this fall, see how I do there, and if I make it, then I'm I'm going mm. type of thing. Like I'm ready to like try and put my game. I know I got some work to do mm-hmm. like, I know where I got to do my work but I feel like I have all the assets and the tools and I mean that's kind of the dream like you make Q school like I'm going you know sign with the agency that sort of thing like Jacob was talking about so um Jacob when Ivy plays with you and some of your teammates how many strokes does she have to give them with my teammates <laughs> yeah both of you depends where she's playing she's playing if she's playing up, it, I don't know. It depends At Cross on the Creek. At Cross Creek. At Cross Creek. See, this is what's great about golf, though. You don't have to answer that because we're so just we're trying to put you on a hot seat. But <laughs> the fact that the girls are looked at as a competitive level, that's what, mm-hmm. uh, despite yardage at times, that you know that they can play at, at your level in a lot of fields is why I love this sport because I've got three daughters. And obviously, we're playing 9,000 yards. You might have a bit of an issue, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit. A little bit. But, I mean – Ultimately, the respect's there between the programs, between the men and the women here at Clemson. And I think that's because the field um, is a little bit tighter, you know, than we're talking about other sports. Um, do you find that to be the case? The respect is, is really strong between both programs? There's respect for sure. I know Ivy's done, played a lot of good rounds and a lot of good tournaments. And um, I texted her the other week, like, she lost by... What'd you lose by one? In Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you had like, that one, dude. You got to keep doing it. That was tough. I mean, I, I had so many events where I was there at the end and then just let it slip away. And mm-hmm. you got to have those experiences to win. And I was like, you're going to win. You know, just give it time. And she might win the next four events. Who knows? So, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of respect between our two, our two teams. For sure. 
you're getting to a point when you play bad, you're shooting 72. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's that means you're doing the right thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I made a bucket list on the plane of some of the top golf courses I would like to play. But first, I want to hear some of yours. Mm. Ones I've played or ones I want to play? Ones you want to play. See, I'm not really a, a golf junkie. I don't know. I don't know my courses. Like, I, I played Augusta. That was the big one. That was fun. Wait, Me, you, you both have. We played the We same played group. together, yeah. yeah. We played with Lindsay and Grayson, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we played That's together at Augusta. That's my number one. I didn't make place. a birdie. So that was you, cool. you did not? No, made, no but he made, made so many putts. I made one, I made one bogey. Hit it in the water on 13, <laughs> made par. Hit it in the water on 15, made par. Shot one over, one bogey. Wait, how'd you get on there? Uh, we have a couple. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you call Like, they're alums or donors or... I guess they're beneficiaries. They're just... Um, Coleman's uncle is a member there. Coleman graduated two years ago, and there's a guy named Mr. Townsend, and there's one more guy, I can't remember his name, that are all members there, and they normally take us out. We didn't get to go this year because there's, like, weird COVID rules or whatever, sure. but I think people are only allowed once every two weeks or something. Mm -hmm. So, so did the whole team go with both teams? They kind of split in half. Mm -hmm. It's like so, freshmen and seniors for us. Yeah, for us, it's just you go twice in your time here. So for yeah. me, it would be my freshman year, and it would have been this year. So it's probably be my senior year. Yeah. How wonderful was that? It was Experience. crazy. What was it like? It was like you know how Augusta is. It's just not. No. It's a cruddy town. Oh it's yeah, a, yeah. No, a, I do know that. Augusta is a cruddy town. Yeah. Like <laughs> being from Georgia and having to play tournaments in Augusta, hated it. But you know, you're there, and then you go through the gates and you drive down Magnolia. It's like crazy. Yeah. Like everything's green. It's just surreal. Like, it's My so dad, different. he was trying to throw me and Lucy over the gates because we were over. <laughs> Don't there. tell them all these stories. They are going to think we're legitimately criminals. <laughs> no, we're not criminals. <laughs> we were just over there, and we were just looking and like taking some pictures because it. It was even construction over there. It's so beautiful, even though there was construction. Yeah, our buddies are on TV this this week. So if you throw it on Sunday morning after you, Easter Bunny comes to the house for you guys. The Easter Bunny deliver to the dorms? Yes? No? Mm. To the houses? No. To us? No, mm -mm. no, mom sends a package. Okay. So um, <laughs> for you, thinking about it, like, it doesn't beat that, right, Augusta? So maybe you don't have any more. Ivy, you got a list? I mean, I'm not like Jacob. I'm such a golf nerd. Like, I love anything about golf swing, golf courses. I know, where y'all played the USA this year at Bandon, mm -hmm. always wanted to play there. Yeah, Bandon um, Dunes is, is, is an up-and-comer for sure. Don't go in the winter. Don't go in the winter. No. Always wanted to go play uh, St. Andrews. Uh, I just want to go all over the world and play. There's so many cool places that no one really knows about either. Like, I have friends that are members at courses in Mexico that, like, you've never even seen it before, how, like, how hilly it is and how beautiful it is. I would love to go play, like, there. So just, honestly, anywhere that I haven't played before, that's just super cool. There's I'll one, play anywhere. There's one course in, I don't know, did you play the polo in New Jersey, like, our junior year? May, I either played it my junior or senior year. I know Alex was there. And there was a course called the Ridge at Backbrook in New Jersey. And it's the it's my favorite course of all time. Like really? it's not it's no one knows about it. It's a, one guy made it, and it's forty five minutes from the nearest hotel, and it's the best course ever. It's completely bent with like fescue, and the first round the greens were rolling like twelve and a half, and some girl broke the girls' course record, and the superintendent got mad, and it's like you're not doing this again. <laughs> Next day they were rolling fourteen one, and no one broke par. Wasn't it Lucy? <laughs> no, I think it was Rose. Oh, Rose. Yeah. And that best course I've ever played in New my life. New Jersey has some good golf courses. Like Baltus Roll. I shot the six I think I shot sixty eight like sixty eight, sixty nine was leading and then He got mad. Yeah, I shot seventy seven, seventy one, I think. But. Well I, I definitely have a bucket list. um I would say Augusta, Whistling Straits, Pebble Beach, Ireland, somewhere in Ireland and Scotland. I I just feel like it's so, so beautiful there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm bad now. So. Lynx golf, yeah, different. Yeah, Lynx golf would be fun to watch. I'll, I mean, I, I we love Pinehurst, as you know. I don't think mm -hmm. it, Tobacco Road's one everyone talks about out this way. That it's like a must look. I don't I've know if it's any good. Um, it's definitely a, a very different looking course. But um, you know, I was thinking I wanted to bring up one thing before we close here about you, Ivy. I mean, this week here is the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You mentioned like you felt like you're always kind of just like one off. I can tell you a funny story about that. Yeah, what's up with that? 
So when they announced the first field, um, I have some friends, like some, I know some people in the high ups, like, okay, you're two spots off. Like, so if you have two people drop out, you're in. Well, one person drops out, my friend Sabrina Iqbal gets in. So I'm now next up and I have like a month till this tournament. And then I just had three of my friends from Texas like a week ago. So before it was public, uh, they were like, okay, Ivy, like we're having a withdrawal. We just tested positive for COVID. Like get ready. Like you're going to be in type of thing. So I get, uh, I called the, the head of the annual guy I'm talking to him. I was like, okay. So like I heard they're out or whatever. Like what's like, what's my status? And he's like, like, I really hate to break it to you, but just because of COVID and everything, we're just not letting anybody else in the field. Oh no. So I was, I was one out from getting in. Again, one out, <laughs> one out from in. getting in, but just got to play better. So you're just in. Yeah. That's not going to be your story. Yeah. You know, that's not going to be your story at all. This entire week has been an incredible experience for me. Watching the Clemson Invitational, sneaking into the baseball dugouts, almost getting arrested, spending too much money in the Clemson gift shops, and now this. Ivy, you made this all happen, and it was perfect. This was at the top of my bucket list for podcasts. Thank you for making this all possible. Of course. I yeah, had a great time. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, you guys great. Oh, thanks, yeah, thank you all for coming down. All right, that concludes episode one of season two, just behind Coach Dabo Sweeney's practice fields. I'm about to head on back to Pinehurst to take down my little sister on the cradle. Once again, thank you so much to our special guest, Queasy, I mean, Ivy Shepherd. <laughs> my dad tell you that one? That's not cool. Ivy Shepherd and Jacob Richmond for joining us on Grow the Grind. And remember, golf is great, the grind makes it greater. That's right. Let's go. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank you.